Foxtrot. Wow, this is what the Nickelodeon Studios must have looked like in the 90s. Yeah, with the slime. Yeah, everywhere. What a babe. Look at she's got a gun. She's gonna a supersonic yeah. gun. No, but she won't use it. What we're having now is us learning that like he's a protector and she wants to be with him and she doesn't want to use the gun. She wants him to use the gun. Yeah. Name her. Carl, let me close the studio window, it's freezing in here. All right. They hear each other through the uh pipes, the air ducts. Which kind of doesn't make sense because on an elevator, you don't have that. You have a shaft, and it is not part of the air duct system at all. You want it isolated. It's not clean. Um, the ducts are supposed to be about circulating uh, HVAC, circulating uh, uh, air conditioning, heating. So, um, so it doesn't make sense in the real world, but zombies don't either. So, okay. We'll forgive it. So this director, he had a heart attack in 2002, and it affected him. And he made a uh, he made an illustrated book. It's for all ages, but it's it's got like a cartoon kid in it. And the 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 proceeds go straight to the American Heart Association. Um, it's called Good Things to Share, and. Um, it's a book he wrote. It's inspirational. It's a picture book. Uh, I don't know anything else about it, so I don't recommend it or not. But uh, What's it called? It's called Good Things to Share. Because he had a heart open-heart surgery. Um, huh. It, like, profoundly affected him, and he did this, like, charitable thing. He made the book. The money goes to the American. Well, actually, it says a portion of, uh -huh, yeah, so I don't yeah. know, but it feels like it's a nice thing. Oh, I'm sure it's it's for good reasons, tax reasons. I I just walked into your conversation, and I was just freezing, and also this movie is scary. I don't know how much I'll watch. Yeah, I know. I think our safe word was up last time. Uh huh. That's right. I think our safe word is uh, our Star Trek connection. Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek this connection. He's our Dave uh, Jeremy Piven is our Star Trek connection because he did some sculptures for Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, the the whales, the San Francisco one. Yeah, yeah, no, he uh, actually uh, built the invisible spaceship that landed that stayed in in Golden Gate. They spent six million. That was on probably it. as easy as the. I want you to sculpt me every except for the invisible one. I did I stutter? I want you to sculpt me every <laughs> everyone. Uh, yes, sir. Coming right yes, up. Sir. Yeah. How's it going? Uh it's going great, sir. I finished the first project. And which project is that? Uh the invisible starship. <laughs> Let me see your work. Uh it's in the parking see, lot. It's 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 they see the stand. Like yeah. in the conference room for his presentation, they're all lined up on their stands and there's one blank empty stand. <laughs> Well, you know, the Zoom, he's like, okay, let me uh, get the PowerPoint going. Well, and that's been my, uh, Eddie, gone. Yeah, you just had like nothing for three panels. 
Now we have the long drawn out backstory about trying to kill herself and it seems to not be related to zombies. So why is it in this movie? And we don't see a romance start between them. We see Jeremy Piven begin to have empathy. Maybe that's all you need is a human moment. I guess, yes. I don't know why everything I say, you got to defend this guy. Yeah. I don't oh, give it a break. This is the classic Key Largo moment where all the survivors are trapped on location and they're uh -huh. different, different Sorry. people. This yeah. is well done. Look, you, not I, not it's been done before. This is well done. You didn't you watch the movie. I'm not going to watch this. Movie. I'm not listening to this movie. I'm not going to sit down and watch this in earnest. I'm just going to have creepy. And obviously, it's. I mean, it's good. Okay. Turn it on. But, no, turn it on. Listen. Oh. To it. See if you can stand it. Turn okay. it. That's on, Carl. Don't be okay. snippy. Okay. No one's talking right now. It Joke's on you. Sucks no, for one's, me. no one's still joking. Okay, there you go. Okay. I guess it's over. The movie just made a jerk out of me. I, I honestly like. Uh, I've I have seen better. I've heard better sound quality on porno cassettes. <laughs> cassettes he says not files ew stop it phyllis diller Ugh. oh gerber baby he looks like the gerber baby <laughs> when it's ralphing maybe that's why she didn't want to wear her wig not gonna get fake vomit on it <laughs> no the director specifically requested no wig well that's good she's gone a long way since the scooby-doo <laughs> mystery movies Mike, you say it's good, okay? But imagine you're a director. You got an 850000 budget. It's uh, probably your first. Yeah, I think it's your first feature. Yeah, it's 91. This is your first, your big shot to make it's a great, movie. It's great trivia. It's great publicity. It's a great way to angle this movie. This is the movie where Phyllis Willard, Willard, uh, Phyllis Diller didn't Diller. wear a wig. I don't know who Phyllis Willard is, but. Diller. Diller. But is this movie on America's radar? Did it work? That talking point. You see, this is. Like, I mean, this is a cult film. I mean, I'm sure there's lovers of it. I mean, this this did reach the B movie art uh, archive too. <laughs> okay, this guy. It's a good movie. This is a good film. No, I can't. I can't say that. Or I haven't sat through this movie. Obviously, I don't think it's good. Follow my voice. Follow my voice. You see the their um. They're, they're trying to... getting to know each other got interrupted by undead. They're 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 asking the undead to come follow their voice. <laughs> no, they're asking Jeremy Piven and oh. uh, and uh, Dana. Don't give okay. up. Follow my voice. Come what and get us. Crazy. Fuck that. I'm not going in there. Look at hey. how they shot this. Oh, it's great. No, it's terrible, Carl. You're what? absolutely right, Michael. <laughs> Okay, we got hit. Uh, there's the Piv. There's the Piv and his submachine gun. Oh, oh no! What a the puppeteer. great job by the director to surprise us with a freaking puppet. Frank Oz is in the chat. Now, look, the director in his wisdom knows that the undead will totally run away from when you spray a, a fire, fire extinguisher. Yeah. Well, it was just to push back the the. the work. See how good it was. The director needed a pushback, and he got it. 
It must stink in that room when you shoot off a fire extinguisher. Yeah. These actors. <laughs> is this one of those movies where, like, halfway through, you're like, why is Norman Fell still alive? Yeah. Well, no, he will check out very early. So will Phyllis Diller. Why are they in the film? How does it lend to... Wouldn't you make Mr. Roper the cop? No, I think what he's doing is great. I would, again, like, I would pay money, and this is good publicity. It's where Norman Fell... I don't know what he's doing, but, you know, let him cut loose. <laughs> let him cut loose. <laughs> he's playing a mortician. I'm okay. The producers of the film first sought rocker Alice Cooper as an actor for key roles. That would have been cool. Yeah, I guess so. I guess, yeah, that would be cool. Eh, maybe a little too on the nose. They couldn't get up, so they got on the nose, but consider the, what we're watching. It would have, yeah, it would have been at least a but, nice, nice relief to see him. Yeah. What did we see him in? We saw him in, uh, we're not worthy Wayne's World, maybe two. Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. He had a famous uh, manager, this guy, uh, Jeff, I think his name is. So, uh -huh. uh, Mike Myers got introduced to him, I guess, through through Wayne's World. And one of the things this producer does is that he, you know, he'll let his friends sleep in his place in Hawaii, his house. And uh, so Mike Myers stayed there, and he made a documentary about him. Oh, interesting. I guess. <laughs> it's weird, you know. Okay, now this actor, his name is uh, Willie Stratford. And I don't know, he was known for Black Rainbow 89, The Runaway 2000, and The White Girl 1990. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember the films. So he he did a, like, boo! He doesn't know what's going on. There's the mortician who killed himself. He just now killed himself. Why is he gross? The internet says he opened his eyes when the bag unzipped, but I have seen this movie like four or five times. That's how we know it sucks, Mike. And um, I did not see that happen. Here's Phyllis Diller. No, wait a minute. She Stop. had the slime in her mouth. It got in her stomach, and now she is undeadified. She's a puppet? Yeah. Ow! Oh. What an effective ketchup stain. Was he the first guy to die in this movie? Uh, yeah. Did you grow up bigger now? I think yes. All right. Black guy dies first in this movie. All right. You, you got me. That is a trope. He's growing bigger. Yeah. Wait till you it's see. It's your ego. It's your ego. <laughs> Unmanageable. This is the worst Scooby-Doo mystery. She was, remember Scooby-Doo had these movie mysteries where they would get uh, contemporary celebrities like Don Knox to to play themselves. I don't remember. Yeah, in the it, wait, was it still a cartoon? Yeah, it was still a cartoon. Yeah, it was like I remember that. It was a different series, so they would have Phyllis Stiller, and I actually think that was good because it was a way for me to kind of see Phyllis Stiller and learn about who she was at least. Right. You know? Like when they the, had uh, Smokey and the Bandit guy, the not cool one, the truck truck driver, Jerry Reed. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't. Reed. Song. 
he's a country singer, right? Right. He's pounding down. Yeah, well, that's what they said. They were like, country singer and movie star Jerry Reed. How y'all been? I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, she got zapped and in the chest, too. That's where. That's going to help? That's well, where the puppeteer is. That's where the heart is, I guess. And so they, and so Dana zapped her. And Phyllis wow. is dead and out of our movie for the rest of it. Ladies and gentlemen, Phyllis Diller. I wouldn't have done that, man. I would have had her all the way to the end. And that's our headline. If you'd like to see more of Phyllis Diller, she'll be uh, at the merch table over by the uh, <laughs> coat room. Doing selfies and selling a t-shirt. $30. Quite a bargain. Quite a bargain. Available for cameos. Hello. Tommy Phyllis Diller here. <laughs> selling fang t-shirts. Fang t-shirts. Uh-huh. Is Fang here? Uh-uh, honey. Uh-huh. Now, now the disgusting uh-huh. dog licks up this disgusting, like, undead goo. Because they've been zombie poodles before. I mean, there was that Incredible Hulk movie. Yeah. It was like... Okay, mutant. good. Okay. You, Michael, who think this movie's so great, you got to hear the dialogue. In the script, I wish I could hear the dialogue. If I could hear the dialogue, that means my hearing is back. Now she's gonna reveal why she didn't want to come forward and help. She's very apologetic. Let's listen. Ryan, no, I'm the one who should apologize. There you go. She's the one apologizing. Good. Let me hear what they're saying, Mike. I have it at maximum volume. Okay, you just relay it to the audience then. People have I turned away. Yeah. Pause. Dramatic pause. No audio. <laughs> not making any sense, sense anymore. Just nothing makes sense. It's either one something for me. From people want something from her. But if someone wanted to burn something, something. No, or people wanted to burn me at the nearest stake. Mike, you, you can't be tortured out. by this dialogue if you're... Carl, listen, I'm transcribing. Uh, sigh, dramatic sigh. Sega. Sega. All right. Sega. 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 I once something my own film. No, wrong again. Oh, my God, Jeremy. Correct. Not, wait, wrong. Jersey. It's Jersey. Oh, Jersey, right. Oh, my God. He, he can't take his seven up. His B8. But then all of a sudden, Jersey will be fine, inexplicably. Yeah, no, I think fucking bleeding out your mouth means you're, you're in bad shape. Well, tell that to this director because he changed his mind. Forklift. Forklift. And it's like that, that <laughs> is not a compelling speech, right? Right. We weren't connected so, with it. So this forklift is more compelling. Right. That's what we should be focusing on. And if it was my movie, Phyllis Dillard would be riding the forklift. Woohoo! Come on! You know, you made an excellent point, Carl. If this was my movie, I think Phyllis Dillard would survive the night. Oh, absolutely. And Norman uh, Fell would be like, the detective who gets all the cool lines, you know, and you know, running around with his gun. 
Why do you hate Jersey so much? Uh, it's just he's a dud. Okay, you were on Peyton Place and you, when you were young and handsome with black hair. Okay, what else did you do? You were Roger Corman's boy. You were in Police Academy Airport and for the love of Benji. So right? you're saying that the problem with Jersey is there's nothing to do. It's nothing to do in Jersey. You look, yeah, there's nothing to do in Jersey. You look at his face and you don't say, hey, that guy, I know that guy. They forklifted his face. Ugh. They're not going to kill this guy. Yeah, they're going to kill him because they got his chest. Lift oh, him. Lift him. When I called the lift, I didn't mean. <laughs> yeah. Are you my Uber? Because I called the lift. <laughs> that wasn't a funny pun. That fat bitch. And that's been my pun. Fat bitch. Good night. Whatever. He's he shouldn't like. Oh, you're back on posting with his his uh. Whatever the guy's name. Do, do you want to plug him? I haven't seen him. You're just shit talking. His talk name is Steve Poston. He was on our Celebrity Comedian Countdown. He's uh, he's a very funny person. I am not a fan of his catchphrase. Right. All right, Steve, take it from take it. You're a friend of the pod. Take it from us. Drop that. You're better than that. The audience is better than that. I tell you, Mike, he won't do it. Because every time he says that, he does get a big laugh. Now, he's making a mistake. He doesn't understand. People are being polite. He just doesn't get it, and I'm not telling him. Okay, this is the poodle. The poodle has grown. I know. It's like on two legs. Right, and it's not in the same room as the guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe that they were really looking at that uh, that poodle. <clears throat> they said, roll them. Now where are we? Staircase. <laughs> Staircase. You want to reprocess that thought, Mike? Oh, a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. Why? Because you're a woman and, you know, you're not going to want to look at my butt. Yeah, okay. right. I'm okay. not wearing a dress. Now is not the time. Oh, no, your stupid rabbit's foot. Right. The guy who doesn't believe in zombies believes in his luck of his rabbits, but... He, does he believe in psychics? Did he tell her before he met? I think at this point he can't not believe. Oh, well, what... Oh, I thought it was an eclipse. Now look, she can't get up right. because of her weight. So that's the first time that plays into this movie except for two insults that Phyllis Diller does. Right, the the fact, but this is also like a Poseidon adventure, right? Didn't Phil, uh, Shelly Winters get Shelly Winters had to swim? Yeah, she gained weight for the film. We covered this, I think. Yeah, last that's right. Because it required her to be a fat woman, and she needed to work, and she never lost the weight. Yeah, I mean that could just be a story too. Also, this is some kind of workplace. You got to consider the fact. Oh, that you mean that might be her? Like, like I'm embarrassed, so I'm making up a like a story about it. That's good publicity. Uh huh. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Well, I mean, you need publicity I, before a film comes out. Not. I, I I do believe that she probably did gain the weight for the movie. I do believe the story, but <laughs> I mean, 
life is life, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that. Uh-oh. Whoa! Giving her you, the slip. You dummy poodle, you'll get smushed! You dummy poodle. Stupid mutt. You dumb, dumb poodle. Listen. <laughs> All right, there you go. Ashley! She's what? She's putting a leash on the dog. Yeah. What is she, Wiley E. Coyote? Good trick. <laughs> oh no, flaming zombie gas. poodle. There's natural gas down there. This is where the comedy comes in. A yeah. Flaming <laughs> zombie like poodle. Yeah. Oh no! Wah, wah, wah. Scooby Doo. Uh, radar Mysteries. We'll be back. Wah, wah, wah. Scooby Doo. Radar Mysteries. Come on, Phil Stiller, you're taking too long. Bum, bum, bum. Da, 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 don't, da. don't boss me around, dog, or you'll find yourself on a leash. Phil oh. Stiller? You better not mess with Phil Stiller. <laughs> or I'll make lamb chops out of you, Scooby. Excuse me, is this the way to the Renaissance Fair? Thomas Jane. Yes. Yeah. Hi, I am Thomas Jane, star of The Punisher. Thanks for asking. Okay, so Ashley fell on her ass. Now the dog blew up from the natural gas, but That's she the good fell news. all the way down. Done, gone, boom. That's the bad news. That is the bad news. But she's like, "Go help Jersey," because I'm secretly like, you know. I don't Jersey's know. alive? Oh, yeah. He's trapped down there. He's he's alive? No, he it's not explained. There's a full recovery and we don't see it on screen and it's unexplained. Now she thinks she's safe and she's just gotta wait, but here comes zombie poodle. I thought you were dead. Oh, oh this is the surprise. Like in the Terminator, when the Terminator pops out, the zombie poodle shows up. Now she just smushed her way right. through the roof back down into the catechism just to get away. Now, if Jersey could fall down the staircase in the beginning of the movie, Psychic could go to the floor. She went all the way down that big, tall ladder, and she was like, oh, that really smarts. And then she forced her way. She just found the pipe bombs in the evidence room. That's not the right word. The... Uh, when everyone dies, their possessions are stored there that were on them, including pipe bombs. Oh, they're almost getting out, Carl. This is the end of the near. That's it. Once you walk through the door, the credits roll. That's right. <laughs> it's really true. You're right, Mike. It's like when you play a video game and somehow you get to the end, but you didn't like solve half of it. So there's like a big end. Right. You just can't proceed until you do something else. Okay, she's putting the pipe down the we pipe bomb get to blow the door so she can get out of there. She'll light it, but who should show up? Poodle! Poodle. Just as she, you know, the thing's fusing to blow up! That's so frustrating. I mean, you find poodle. a pipe bomb in the, in the deceased inventory, and then suddenly a poodle... What's that mean? Ah! Poodle! It's the inventory, and it's so frustrating. Venom, 
Why is the so weird? I mean, I, it's it's not creepy anymore. Film. It's a great film. It's a comedy too. It Just is a comedy. Like I intended. You <laughs> <laughs> are all laughing. Just like I intended. It was a comedy all along. <laughs> oh no, Fetch. Oh. <laughs> Bam! So they escaped the living dead mortuary because a poodle mistaken an explosive for a bone? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a comedy. Not to put it that way. <laughs> They're back outside! Oh, that means only one thing. The long national nightmare is almost over. No, not yet. Oh, they did they really walk through the explosive? Like now, the, the what smoke? did they resolve exactly? Right? Nothing. There was Nothing some sort of curse on a family and they made undead. And I guess they killed all of the undead. So that's it. They're done. I guess. No, no I more can't. running. No more running. No more. No more psychic king. You don't have to psychic anymore. I think the oh, they... gospel dropped. Oh, look, they showed up. They were outside already. No, they must have come. Yeah, they them. were outside already. And we were with our hero for her final trial and tribulation. Her now final escape from the depths of hell. There's hugs all around, and we were supposed to see a wedding. And there's no connection to the hugs. You're right, that corpse body. It's so weird. Well, I'm, I, I kind of like that, her early premonition. <laughs> hey. A lucky rabbit's foot, am I right? Oh, come on, put that away. Like, oh, I guess it was lucky I had my keys today. Otherwise, we wouldn't have that luck. And I wouldn't be able to drive here because I wouldn't have my keys. And uh, so most shows like end with them laughing. Yeah, but this ends with relief. They're hugging relief. Yay, wow. what a piece of crap. Carl, what do you think of this piece of crap? I think that you just contradicted anything I said, and you had no idea if it was good or bad. You should trust, trust the man who watched it three times. If that's all you have to say, this was a piece of shit. Oh, and uh, Floof Thumbs was played by Benny. Mm -hmm. Dog was forced to go through the motion. So let's watch some puppetry uh, credits. Anything exciting? Uh... Uh, good question. All right. Well, there's a second second assistant director. <laughs> oh, Brian, where's my coffee? <laughs> Listen, I'm tired of shooting the exteriors. Oh, Brian, take over. Yes, sir. It says location casting, so they got their big guns. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they had the location. There we go. Backwoods film effects. Yeah, backwoods. Oh, I guess, I guess so. Of course, James helped with the, you know, the director helped with yeah, the Yeah, the director makeup. helped with the makeup. Yeah, maybe. He's, yeah. he's great at that. Yeah, the makeup was storyline acting and the movie wasn't necessarily. <laughs> There's wardrobe. Wardrobe assistant of Claire Alexander. Oh, the uh, boom operator. He did those pipe bombs. Oh, really? Yeah, because there was boom. He was the boom operator. Come he on, operated. Boom, boom operator. Coast to coast, LA to Chicago. Boom operator. No need to ask. 
do we have sound on this film? No need to ask. I've got the boom operator. Oh, really? Can you bring him in, please? Boom <laughs> operator. I Who? Boom operator. Uh, I want to see the puppet talent music. I think we're done. We're wrapping up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the Boneyard. Yeah. Some interesting characters, but I mean, uh, some interesting casting. There's a song called Braveheart playing. Why don't you listen? It's horrible. You should listen. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I need someone who knows. Statesville Chamber of Commerce. The old Davis Hospital. Yeah, the old. Well, I mean, that could be the name of it. Uh, that's probably where they did all the, were in the morgue shots. I mean, it must be, of course. Right. Oh, my God. This movie is a boondoggle. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, if you like grotesque so comedy, if you're into horror and, you know, you, you probably like this. Thanks, George Martin of Beatles fame. Well, right, yeah, the fifth Beatle is to blame on this movie. Why wasn't he doing the sound mixing? That seems like a much better fit. All right, and uh, I think we're almost there. We've got the, the, the brave hearts going. Boom operator. I think that should be on the song during the wedding, but what do I know? They, they shot should... it. You know what they should do is that after the end credits, they should have a scene of the wedding, like them getting, you know, breaking glass and walking down the aisle or something. Jewish wedding. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that has been 1991's The Boneyard. Let's give it up for Carl for watching that movie three times uh, before watching it again. Yeah, this was four. I kind of didn't count it this time because, I don't know, it was muted and you were just Muting me the whole. Oh, movie I was saying how great, and you know, give the guy a break, Carl. It's not like you have <laughs> watched this movie three times. So we're seeing exposition now about why she doesn't want to help as a psychic anymore, and it's really drag assy and long. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I guess she's just letting the actors do what they do, right? It's isn't it developing yeah, it's character? Setting, it's setting, yes, yeah, Michael. Care. The movie you haven't seen, yes, Michael. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I hate this movie. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new movie. It'll be uh, next week because we're here every week. We want you to uh, enjoy the if you enjoyed the experience of streaming this live and, and watching a movie live. Come back next uh, Sunday at 2 p.m. If you uh, take your time like I do, listen to the podcast. I'm the only listener. Go ahead and download. Go subscribe to our podcast at LWAFLMOYT. Check out, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And just uh, be supportive, uh, love each other, and uh, keep it cool, I guess. Uh, Carl, anything? Do love each other, keep it cool. And something's wrong with carlsucks.com. Go to carl.sucks, carl.sucks. Much better. No one's fucking with that domain. Bingo. Yeah. All right, sounds great. Well, uh, we will talk to you soon.
song. My turn-ons are dancing in the dark, kissing on a lark, and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full-length movie on you. Watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me on. People listening to audio won't get this thing. Having me on, you are oh, yes, right, right. I know. I'm glad to be here as your co-host again. Thank you oh, very much, Mike Spiegelman. I am it, this Mike Spiegelman and Carl. And let me just hog up some time. Don't forget to donate to Mutiny Radio. Absolutely, we are rec- actually streaming right now on Mutiny Radio, and we stream first every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're out from San Francisco. And you can find us uh, at our podcast at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T and our YouTube channel with video right now, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. But donate to Mutiny Radio. Go to Venmo and give us some money at Mutiny Radio. The website is mutinyradio.fm. There's another donation button. And you can listen to all the great shows and read about the live comedy here at Mutiny Radio. We're on Mini Radio, Carl. We watch a full-length movie every week on YouTube. Uh, great premise. Great premise, right? Do we rip movies. along as the movie goes? Yes. Yeah, so I built these robots because I am uh, lost in space and I'm forced to watch bad movies. Yeah, and you know that show, Mystery Science Theater 3? Yeah, it's nothing like that. Yeah. Nothing like it's that. No, nothing no, 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 no. like that. Carl, what movie are we watching today? Today we are watching... As time goes by, 1988. As time goes As by, time 1988. As time goes by. How can you yes. say that title without hearing the, the song from Casablanca? Well, look, that's true. Absolutely. And look, everyone at home who's going to watch this movie w- with us, you must remember this. It's go As Time Goes By, 1988. The channel we like is, it's all one word, so it... It's not friendly to your eye, but it's Hey Do Radio. Hey Do Radio. H-E-Y. How do you spell Do? D O E. All right. Hey Do Radio is hosting as time goes by from 1988. Yes. A, a current movie for us. A 1988. Yeah. Type in as time goes by 1988. You'll find the link courtesy of Hey Do D O E Radio. Click it. Hit pause. Move it back to zero zero zero. When you hear go, we're all going to hit play, and we're going to watch this movie on YouTube together. So you could listen to us streaming live, 
and watching the YouTube channel right now, live. You can listen to the podcast and DIY it at your own convenience, or just go to the YouTube channel and Carl already synced it for you. Right. Carl, Best I'm really choice. excited that there's a celebrity comedian to do our countdown for our yeah. movie. Take it yeah. away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Scott! Welcome, Scott! How you doing? All right. Now, Scott, you are a comedian out there on the scene. I'm seeing you come up. We're coming up together. Seeing you at open mics. I'm seeing you at shows. The first thing I want to ask is you've only got one name. This is very peculiar just to go by Scott. How did that start? How did you make that change? You know what? I am not really sure, but there was a great comedian that I used to watch when I did the stand-up comedy. His name he went by Carl. So <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if that stuck or I just uh, came up with it on my own. I really mm -hmm. don't know. It, well, it's a very interesting concept. It's almost unheard of. This is the first time I ever bumped into it. So kudos to you. It's a very common name, Scott, and you'll distinguish yourself by not having a last name. It's a good idea. Are from the best. Now, the second thing I wanted to bring up is your material. Okay, you are very wife centric, very wife centric, and it's not in a positive light. So, how <laughs> do you really arrive at this from a life frustration? Is she in the room? And how does this play out in your personal life with her? Well, she's not too far. I believe she might be in the shower. So, I'm safe for at least a couple of minutes. Um, well, you know what? Obviously, everything I say is not 100% true, but she definitely gives me this, the, the springboard to uh, make those jokes, and continuously, I might add, day <laughs> to day. Always so, new material? Uh, always giving me new material. For sure. Tell me for more, sure. though. Does she is she aware of this? Is it on her radar? How does she feel about it? Has she seen you do wife jokes? Yes, and she um, she came actually the one time I actually took the uh, comedy class at uh, Scotty's, and um, she did come to the graduation, and that was about the last time. Um, she she doesn't particularly care for me doing wife jokes, and I explained to her that it's not a hundred percent about her and. When I do tell her jokes, she goes, that's not how it happened. I said, exactly. I said, because <laughs> I, I take the story and then I switch it around a little bit. Right. Um, but still not really happy because she's like, well, people don't know what the real story is. And I said, well, most people don't even really know me or you, but that answer <laughs> is good enough. Well, you know, I had the same thing with my wife. Now I'm not like you in terms of it being like a uh, part of your persona, practically, you know, but I do have many wife jokes and they're not favorable. So I made up a fake name. Her name is Cynthia when I'm on stage. So it's a fake name. Have you thought of something like that? Namer, Gladys? I did. No, but you know what? Here's the truth of the matter. I would really like to get away from wife jokes. It just, it just seems so easy because it's so there. But I do feel uh -huh. this, especially for like, starting comedians when you have something that's so easy because comedy is all about timing and being able to get up there and speak comfortably and that is like the easiest thing for me to do so maybe mm -hmm. in time i will move away which i am actually trying to do as we speak 
So, but okay. they just keep popping into my head as <laughs> the days go on. So we'll see what happens. Well, you got to write from what you know, and you're certainly doing that. That is for sure. Now, exactly. let you, you are a very fresh comedian, new comedian. I mean, you're taking the class. Maybe we're talking about two years here, something like that. What do you? I, t- I took How long the class, and it was it was two years, three months, uh, three years, three months. It was October when I first started. Then I took a complete year off uh, during a pandemic. wasn't allowed out of the house, more or less. Gotcha. But, uh, yes. So, um, so, so we'll say a little bit over two years with a long yep. break. Very different than other comedians, and this is one thing that distinguishes you. You have a catchphrase already after such a short time. Get the fuck out of here. Now, this is very Italian, but I don't think you're Italian. I'm not. Um, I I grew up in Bayonne, and I went to college in Staten Island. I shouldn't say Staten Italy. So very Italian, four years there. So um, you just soaked it up. Exactly. So I always had, and people always thought I was Italian. So and Italian people are cool, you know. So you know, there's not many cool <laughs> Jewish people walking around. So, um, <laughs> so uh, you know, and, and it wasn't even to try to be Italian. It was just, it was just, I started doing stuff, and like I said, things just come into my head, um, mm-hmm. and like I'll, I'll take, I'll go from one bit to the next because something will pop into my head and. It kind of just things just fall into my lap, actually. So that kind of, you know, fell into my lap. That, yeah. And then how people liked it and started set? saying it. So it kind of worked. Yeah, that's how you end every set. It's exactly. Time for me to let me hear you right. say it. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> now, that's what happened was actually I didn't even try to do it like people because I would say it in my bits, and then people started saying "get the fuck out of," and then when they started saying that, that's when I was like, you know what? I'll end it in my bit. Yeah, that's perfect. Very good. Very crafty. Okay, now, Scott, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie with us. So everyone at home has got to press play at the exact same time that we do here in the studio. That's what you're here for, Scott. So why don't you go ahead, Scott, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown. I appreciate that. I haven't listened to it, but Carl, you do all the hard, heavy lifting here. Yeah. Speaking of heavy lifting. I'm sure it's very good. I just haven't recorded it yet. (laughs) Now, in truth, I found there's a character in here named Connie, and there's a woman on Facebook with the, the actress's name. So I reached out to her to see if she would do the countdown. We'll see. Oh, that's exciting. So maybe we just heard that interview. Yes, I know, right? Right. We don't know. Only the audience knows. They know better than us. Ah, Marcel. Marcel Schmitz. And she's going to play a woman named Connie in this film. And it's a pretty important role. And so I reached out to her and I was like, Hi, my name's Carolyn. I have a podcast. That's like a radio. (laughs) It's like a radio station, but you bypass all the professionalism. (laughs) We went long before we do a thing I don't know. It looks like she's doing well. She's very much into horses. She's clearly there still in Australia. A lot of politics. Sounds good. Now, not, this a was lot, my, not a lot. You know, when I was in high school, I had a part-time job collecting skulls in the Outback. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's not Outback restaurant, money. not Australia. 
when you live at home with your parents, it's okay that it's not good money and you do get good tips, you know. And so the neighborhood appreciates because otherwise the skulls just pile up. <laughs> I, I used to bury them in our backyard, but the dog kept doing skullduggery and he would oh, find Oh, skullduggery, the worst kind of skullduggery. <laughs> he would find them, digging them up. Okay, as you can guess, we're in the Australian outback. And as you look at the locations in this film, it's Australia, Australia, Australia. And then they film this one scene in Australia. So Broken Hill is what we're looking at, I believe. New South Wales, Australia. They're going to be in a studio in Melbourne. Um, there's a town called Silverton that was apparently in Mad Max 2. They'll be oh. there. Mad now, look, Max coming, Mike. Look, from the sky, something's coming. Is it a low, diner? No, it's low-budget effects. Yes, it is a diner, Mike. You know this? Well, just from the movie poster. This movie just cries. Here's a movie poster. Now we got to run and get the premise ready, right? Because now, look, it's, some, something's going to fling off the ship. See this important? Yes. Yeah, this is the thing that, like, powers the ship. It's going to fling off. Is he? He's not going to go and touch it and then goo gets on him, is he? He can't go to. No, 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 that's not going to happen. Oh, look at that. Boom! Look at these Walk bad out. effects. It's a fireworks. It's fireworks. Another spirit Halloween store opened up. <laughs> Got those spotlights out. Yeah. Okay, no. More bad effects are coming. More special bad effects. And okay, now, I'm on there. A diner has landed, and now it just starts randomly blowing up with fireworks. Oh, that's uh, Pucus Arts, I believe, uh, did the uh, special effects. Pucus yeah, they Wills. did the Beatles, Rolls Royce, and they did, they were a collective, and they did this crap. Oh, man. So I always think of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre every time I see teens in a van. Doesn't matter what country. You know, I never saw that. Of course, I saw Egghead. What was it called? Egghead? Oh, Eggshells. Toby Hooper's previous film. Yeah, that Artie. was really fun. We did that on this show. You wow. know, there's just a bunch of teens in a van, and they see some guy, and they condescend to him. And they, oh, they pick up a hitchhiker. That's the classic horror. Yeah, game. that's right. They pick up a hitchhiker. Now these are three teens in a van, or maybe twenties. I don't know, but they're Australian. That's the difference. Right. And Mike, Mike is sitting there in the driver's seat. And he has brought him all this way to go to the Inland Sea. And that's a funny Australian joke because it's a dried up seabed that used to be in the center of, you know, so it's the Inland Sea. So well, as soon as Grouchy finds out, see, this is Grouchy in the front seat. And that's right. Cheryl. Cheryl is a hippie and she's having past life experiences. And uh, Grouchy's just grouchy. So he's like, if there's no such thing as the endless sea, fuck this thing. And she kicks Mike out. Now, so this is the movie poster that I saw. Mike is a surfer with a surfboard. And mm -hmm. the movie poster I saw is the Outback. And there's a surfer with a surfboard, which is crazy. crazy. Outback. And talking about crazy, there was a 1940s diner on the poster. That's all I know about that. That is movie. crazy. So this is pretty crazy, Carl. Walking around with your surfboard in the outback? Yeah, speaking of the surfboard, here it comes. Now, in truth, we will only see about two seconds of surfing in this film. 
Does he put it down or something? Like he goes in the diner and puts down a surfboard? The surfboard is not really going to play into this movie the way the poster implies. I think they were just trying to show you a joke. Right. That you can't in the desert. Yeah. Okay, so Mike, you see, Mike is on his way there because he got a note. He got a note like 20 years ago that said, meet uh, Joe Bogart at this address, at this location, you know, in 20 years. It's this crazy thing. So he's got his note and he's doing what he was, you know, he's going to go meet this stranger. Okay, so uh, that's cool that you pointed that out because I just thought that ladies just kicked him out of the van and he's astray, but he's actually going to a location. Right. He needed a ride there, so he tricked Grouchy uh, into going to the Inland Sea. Well, Cheryl is in the back seat, and Cheryl's Uh, the hippie chick. Okay, if you don't want me to call her Grouchy, her name is – You can call her Grouchy. She was, you know. Uh, Her name in the film is Marjorie, and she's an actress named Christine Coeg. She's really Irish, and she's only got three credits. Her 1994 was her last credit. But throughout this movie, she just is grouchy, I'm telling you. Now, isn't it ironic that you're sunbathing in the outback <laughs> with your San Francisco yeah. hat? When the car comes, right. When the car comes, turn up the sound. His okay. hat says San Francisco. Yeah, that's uh, the Niners, right? Or, oh, okay. okay. I, I get the teams mixed up. Not the Giants. Yeah, SF. Yeah, 49ers. Right. Look at that. Why didn't I notice that? This is the fourth time I'm looking at this thing. So technically, this is a San Francisco movie. I suppose. <laughs> All right, I got a full volume here in the studio. No, but it's really when... Is something something okay you? i'm behind you this sucks the joke is he pulls up and he's like have you seen such and such and the guy goes no and then he starts driving away but he's right, standing so in the desert what's your time I'm stamp 757 okay. i'm i'm not using my faceful playstation 4 today yeah what's your time stamp now Eight twelve. Thank you. I'm with you. Okay. All right. So they're in the van. Right. Look at that Niners hat. Gold. Look at that gold rim in the back. That's so cool. <laughs> I've never seen a hat like that. And I've trust me, you know, in San Francisco, everyone wears their sports colors. Everyone. Everyone wears yeah. their sports teams yeah. stuff. Not everyone here, but we got a lot of that too. Teams are a big, big deal. A big deal. How much do you think that sets you back? Like to, to be a faithful fan? Well, um, I guess around two hundred fifty dollars, let's say. Like you have the yeah. jacket, you have the hat, you've got a pin, a pin, a pennant, you know, blah blah blah. Okay, so look, yeah, he picks up this guy, sort of saves him, picks him up. His name is Ryder. Turns out he's a cop, and unbeknownst to Mike, he's about to be in the middle of a shootout. What the fuck? Oh, right, he brought him right, right along. It's yeah, ironic because his name is Ryder, but he he actually is the driver. <laughs> I guess so. Tag along. What was it? Ride along. Ride along. Ride along. Ride oh. You remember Ice Cube? Kevin Shea? No. Not I Kevin never Shea. Paid Kevin Shea is a comedian I know. Oh, okay. Kevin Hart. Oh, I what? 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 
there was a movie called Ride Along where Oh yes, I saw Ride Along. Okay. I saw Never Ride what... Along Two. Yeah, right, right. This is Ride Along Three. Ryder literally <laughs> Rider. takes him. I'll pick you up from the outback. But let's go uh Okay, so the cop gets out of the car and he begins to fire at this crazy oh. militant. This is like Mad no, Maxi. No, he uh well it's that's just a coincidence. It's really they're not Mad Maxi. There's nothing okay. steampunk about them or whatever. A little steampunky. Well, because they're but but this is steampunk pump punk adapted this from. They just meant it as motorcycle riders. Oh, the goggles. Sometimes yeah. goggles are just goggles. There's a right, right. Aesthetic to it. They weren't going for steampunk. They were. Hey, I like I like your Harley Davidson uh, aesthetic. What are you talking about? I, I like your sports team aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> he just coincidentally is wearing a. That's like me wearing like an look, Australian look, team. It's a clue. It's a clue. Yeah, it's great. It's poison. He's still gonna burn it. He's going to burn this whole place because he's going to destroy the poison. You see, we don't know it yet, but uh, there's like some people who have been killing sheep, and he's a cop and he's investigating, but he's like an outback cop. So he just. That's the crime, poisoning sheep? Yes. It's got to be something like rival farmers or something, you see. You know, I know from watching Mad Max, gasoline, you can't really waste it like that in the outback. <laughs> This was shot in 1987, released, you know. Yeah. Now, it will deal with time travel, but most all of it is in 1987. Oh, to go back to that year, graduate college, high school, I mean. This is like a video store movie, then. Well, yeah, this never made it onto DVD. This is a VHS copy we're watching, and later you'll see glitches. You see, they spent almost 700000 dollars on this film and i think that's australian dollars but they only made like 10 grand of australian dollars oh what a bummer yeah this was a um okay here's connie and i'm instant messaged her on facebook we would be delighted if you would we'll see if she bites i hope so okay so Connie knows Ryder, all right? And Connie keeps on referring to Mike as Blondie over here, you know, because he's some hitchhiker. He goes, right. my name's Mike. I, I'm Mike. Mike, no. I'm Mo my name. Mike. Connie Stanton. This is the Connie's home. That's a cool home. Yeah. Used to be now, Howard Johnson. Now, why is Mike with them? Because Mike has nowhere to go, and they know it. He's Does like, he have his surfboard with him at least? Yeah, yeah, it's in the back of uh, right. Mike's, Mike's little Jeep here. So eventually they're going to go to the diner. Yep, yep, yep. All right, I'm ready. Here, a couple well, of BS. Yeah, it's, um, what's the, tr Foster's. <laughs> there was an Australian comic at the Cove. I think his name's Eric Lydon, and uh -huh. he was making fun of it. We don't drink here. We, we don't drink Foster's because we think it's shit. He goes, we drank Budweiser. <laughs> what you blokes think is shit. That's really funny. Yeah. So now, 
they're like we're finding out like Connie and Ryder are great great friends and they work together a little bit and you know he's a cop and Mike is there for um you know he's talking about surfing on the coast and you know about surfing and right now he's looking him up but anyway he looks like rubber dovey by the way, he's totally bald. And because he wears the hat the whole time, I missed that the first time around. The second time I saw this film, his hat was off, and I was like, whoa, dude. Claire. <laughs> yeah, get a get a get a, a toupee or something because wow, dude. That's so cruel. Do you think the crew is like, hey, can you put your hat on? <laughs> I'm trying to light the scene. You see, this is 1987. If this was shot in 1997, then Ryder could have been bald. Just 100% shaven, and he right. would have looked cool like Bruce Maybe, Willis. Maybe he'll have a cool Australian goatee with a bold shave, or maybe a neck beard, cool Australian neck yes. beard. Now, one thing I really liked about this film, he's like, Mike just coincidentally happens to know all sorts of stuff about engines, just because any Australian would, you know? Now, uh, Ryder's very suspicious of Mike. But Ryder's going to get his hand stuck in the machine, and Mike is going to save him. And that will be the first time that Ryder's like, eh, maybe it is explodes, yeah. all right. But on the other hand, maybe he's not. Yeah, the hand that didn't get stuck is still <laughs> suspicious. On one hand, I'm glad uh, Mike's here. On the other hand, who cares? Now, later we'll have a call back to this scene. And when Good. he comes back, he'll say, Mind your hand, mate. And so he won't get his hand. No, I okay. don't have the volume on, and I've never seen this movie, but it looks like Mike did that intentionally. Uh, no. He turned he, it on? At, at the request of Ryder. He's fixing uh, the, fixing his, me truck won't work. That's what Connie was all talking about. DC so he saved him. Yeah. See what you have done. It took me so long to figure out that song. I thought it was C period, C period rider, like some dude. I didn't realize oh Elvis was telling the, the horseback rider. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis. Elvis? I had no idea it was Mrs. Cece. Cece, Cece right. right, Mrs. Cece. Why would anyone want a po poison sheep? Now, there's this whole thing about poisoning sheep. There he's bald. You see, how did I miss that the first time I ever watched it? Wow. Right, there he is, bald. On the cell phone game or something? You think you were on your cell phone at the time? I guess maybe because <laughs> I only ever saw him with the You can see the reflection off the bottles of his head. Now, Connie and Mike clearly are attracted to each other. And Ryder doesn't like it, but not from jealousy. He's not interested in Connie. But he doesn't super not like it. It, like, irks him. And it'll never play out and develop into anything in the plot, although it's totally implied in this scene and a few more coming. Yeah. Like, when he was getting out of the car, he said to Mike, you mind yourself around Coney, right? You know. Yeah, look at that eye. So, <laughs> right now, Connie's like, such and such. And he goes, Ryder goes, but you are going to help me tomorrow, Connie. You promised. And he goes, I'm very busy. And he goes, Mike can do it. Now he's paired up with Mike. But Mike did just rescue his hand. So he's like, all right. He trusts him a little bit. 
it's kind of weird how he's just fallen into their lives. They don't say, what are your plans? Now, he said, I've got this note. Here, turn it up. This okay. is when he's going to talk about it. By the way, are we doing a, a, a not a kill count, but a beer count? How many times they drink beer? Because it's the third time. It's her third beer. I'm doing a Tawny beer count. Okay. It's her third beer in this movie. Yeah, so yes. Just, you can't really hear, can you? Oh, no, no, because of their accents. I don't understand a word of it. Okay, very funny. Okay, so audience, what happens here is he's really explaining the, the backstory of are we underwater? I'm, I'm playing it. <laughs> you, you think the video is the only thing muddled in this in this copy? <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> ah, fuck it. You oh, I'm know. sorry, man. He gets, I'm to... he gets it. There's some funny stuff, but that's okay. We'll catch the next thing. What is you know your number Aust count? Australian humor is, like, so dry to me. Like, I could not understand the subtlety of Barry Humphreys. What is what is your time count? Okay. 1856. Okay. Great she's at a fire and she's like... See, her uh, foot's in the... She's having past life experiences. Is she really? Turn it up. Turn it up. Okay. He's Cheryl! Grouchy! Well, the funny stuff is her, like, past life experience stuff. So we'll see it next. Okay, now they're in a room. The, her father passed away, and he was a cricketer. Cricketeer? Cricketer? This was film... three. What? He was one of three cricketeers. The three cricketeers? Now, this film was originally titled The Cricketeer. Cricketeer. Because it was about a... Uh, the... A film started as a story about a mythical cricketer in outback Australia. The Robert Redford film, The Natural, seems to have been the inspiration. Whoa. So it went from the natural ripoff to a time-traveling outback <laughs> adventure. Yeah, and the thing is, the, the script was pretty... The script is pretty tight. I don't know how they switched it up in the middle. They must have had all the... Time travel stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that was the, the concept of this. So Don't now Mike is bumping into a scrapbook in which we're going to learn this backstory that Ryder killed his son by mistake. He was playing a cricket game and he hit the, the cricket ball, hit him in his chest, and he killed his own son by mistake. It was, it was son slaughter. I can't believe he's reading it out loud. Well, you know, he, we are listening. And also, I can't believe Ryder has a scrapbook of the time he killed his baby with a cricket ball. Somehow, Connie is in Ryder's life. I don't get how. Maybe he's an uncle. So well, now there's flashback. Ryder. He's a tortured soul. He killed his own son. Now he's a rough and tough cop in the outback where nobody, you know, he doesn't know a lot of people, you know. Oh, a diner. Rock and roll. Wait, is this a flashback? No, this is the diner. 
closing for the night. We were hearing a crowd oh. of diner people, a uh, bar people. Do you remember in the movie Easy Money, Joe Pesci and Rodney Dangerfield got so high that they had to eat something, but not the wedding cake in the back of their van? They pull up to a diner and it, the lights go out, and the diner says open 23 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to see that film again because I remember loving it. Well, they wind up eating the wedding cake, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Dingo! Dingo! That's where he's supposed to meet. Did the Dingo kill his baby? Population 20. No, he killed the baby. Yeah, that's uh, what he, he hits the kid with the baseball and he goes, Oh, uh, Dingo kill baby! Dingo! It's not a baseball, it's a cricket. Don't you know how the game plays? Cricket ball. You want to play grasshopper? I mean, I mean, cricket. Hey, cricket. Hello. It's American right. football. Now okay. he's going to go into the store, uh, and we're going to meet a not funny guy who's going to do this up? not funny thing about how much he hates Gus. Go ahead if you want. It's yeah, not a funny thing. So he thinks that, like, this dust mite is dust. He's, like, all wrong. And he's going to get straightened out later when this professor type shows up. He has a picture of a dust mite above his produce? Yes. <laughs> now, that sounds funny on paper, but believe me, this guy does not pull it off. So Ryder has sent him here. You remember that, that piece of the poison label that he found? Yeah, that's he right. I remember that. Oh, he's so going he to wants... the local emporium. Right. Trace this. Who bought this? Where was it purchased? You know, from your store or whatever. That's cool. I didn't realize this is a procedural. Now think about how Wild West it is, right? The cop doesn't do it. He sends some kid he just met from right. hitchhiking. It is Wild Westy. Punk okay, rock. so there's a company called Valhalla Presents. And they had a like a string of cinemas. And they made a bunch of films. Now, the guy who directed this name's Barry Peak, and the guy who produced it, his name is Chris Keeley. Or okay. it's Kylie, but I think it's I saw Kylie, yeah. So it's K-I-E, just like in your name, Spiegelman. It's E sound, Keeley. If this is German-derived, I don't know. So anyway, they made a film, Future Schlock. They made huh. a film called Channel Chaos that they hated, so they didn't release it. They made The Big Hurt, and they made this as time goes by. And this was the final film. Wow. So I they had the a big easy. run of making some money, but this yeah. film didn't work. Funny they had a disowner film. The Big Hurt. I, would, I prefer The Big Easy, Carl. Uh-huh. That's right. It was easier. Yeah. Didn't hurt as much. It was more of an escapist film than The Big Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Like a dust thing going blah, 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 blah. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, there's the dust. Fucking ouch. Dust times 200,000 magnification. You think he was like a good television actor who just got himself a role? Uh, well. No. Theater. Okay. His Don't name was Don Bridges. And um, he was a the dust-obsessed Outback storekeeper. Born in 1950 in Melbourne. Uh, he's known for three. But look, look how current this is. Troll Bridge, 2019. I mean, he's still wow. out there doing it. 
Judy and Punch 2019. Oh, I know that movie. 2021. You do? Judy and Punch, yeah. Yeah. I got to put, I got to remember to watch that movie. I wanted to see it. Instead of Punch and Judy, it's Judy and Punch. Very funny. Let me try to look that up too. Judy and Punch 2019. We're, we're, I'm getting it off a title. Okay, so now. He shouldn't walk in there. Well, he's a cop. Who's, oh. I know, I know, but he's got his balls about him. So he oh, goes. So in... should we say privates? <laughs> now, what's that, Mike? That's the poison. It is. Now here comes a guy in spurs. Right, Wild this West. L. J. Weston, and he'll play heavily into our film. L. J. Weston. Look, he tracks weather. So it is a Western. It's a Western. Yeah. Weston. Weston. L.J. Yeah, Weston. The actor's name is Ray Barrett, and he had a little bit of fame, but as you might imagine, we wouldn't relate to any of it because it's no. all in Australia, and he was in the troubleshooters in England from 65 to 71. Oh, man. He was, you know... Oh, he was the first actor put under contract for Australian Broadcasting Corporation drama selection. What? What? I'll tell you how I found this film. I found it purely through YouTube. I was looking uh -huh. for films, and this popped up, and I looked up it up on IMDb, and I saw the poster as well, and I said, oh, this sounds cool. Let's do it. Yeah. You are also hitting me up. I had to get, I had to get a something in but this one looks, well I this never... is a good film uh in the end um oh. it's done well and it's a good choice it doesn't fit with your theme of um i don't have a theme of bad movies of, yes you do you <laughs> read about them when they you were young and you couldn't see them and you always remember yeah. them. but now thanks to youtube <laughs> well to be honest this, this movie came out during our youth in 88 and uh it was definitely like be accessible in the United States, this definitely had to been a video cassette. Right. This was never released theatrically in the US. And the video release, I think I have it here. Oh yeah, only on VHS, but what year was it? 1989 this right. was out on VHS. But I don't think it was bought in the American market. The film was never distributed there. Crazy. I guess I don't know about the VHS. Maybe it was. I I had mentioned uh there's a documentary on the Australian exploitation film industry called uh, not not from Hollywood uh -huh. where where they discuss how like Barry's Humphreys and Mad Max generated this this maverick industry. industry. Yeah. And they would make these crazy exploitation films. We actually this was right before you joined the show, Carl, but we watched an early one, which is no longer on YouTube, called uh -huh. Turkey Shoot, which okay. was kind of like a battle royale, and it included a werewolf eat, who eats toes. And in the documentary, they're like, yeah, that was a low point. But, you know, they were just, anything goes in these films. They would should shoot I see the... Turkey Shoot? Yeah. Maybe should we should... Well, let's see if Turkey Shoot's on. At the end of the show, I'll see if Turkey Shoot's on, and then we'll do it as a future episode. Okay. We already have a movie pick for next week. If the okay. audience would like to know, you have to watch, listen to our show, and then we'll mention it at the end. Yeah, for the big reveal. Everyone's on the edge of our seat. I'm, they're writing about us on the Huffington Post. Oh, on the HuffPo? So is this Thelma and Louise, you, uh, Aussie no. version? 
Grouchy no, and Grouchy and past life experiences, lady. Oh, their van broke down. What is this? Yeah, uh, their Max van Headroom. broke down, and they're not going to be able to get out of there for a while, and that's how they're going to fit into our plot. Now, this guy is crazy scientist guy. Somehow, he found out that there's aliens here. This is Weston. No, no. This is a guy named James McCauley, which is a boring name for a film. And um, he's like an alien-obsessed mad professor type. He has some awful job at a tracking station, and this is his way to get famous, is to find an alien. So he'll be set up as our bad guy. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Now, this is the guy we saw in the beginning of the film who saw right. the spaceship crash. He's finally approaching it? Yes. He, he's going to go up to it. He's going to hear the sounds of a crowd inside, and then he's going to run away scared. He's seeing it for the first time. Oh, I would definitely pull from my bottle on that one. As a squeak, professional squeak, squeak, doctor, squeak. As a professional doctor. Nobody will get that but you and me. It looks closed. Budweiser. Oh, exotic beer. You love Niner Fan and you. We don't drink Folsters, mate, because we think it's shit. We drink Budweiser. Which you think is shite. Right, shite. Oh my god, this background sound effect noise is playing. Oh, well. This isn't skull drinkery. I'm not having a drink. Right, I'm here to do some skull duggery. Okay, now, for the first time. We see his shirt off. Right. Now, even though his shirt off is off like that, and he looks like that, she's still interested. You know, there wasn't a lot of people to pick from. Uh, all right, Carl. Yeah, I guess you're picky, right? What, he has, he has pointy elbows, huh? <laughs> yeah, like there's yeah. no definition. Like there's no <laughs> fat, but at the same time, I don't see abs. This is a guy who hasn't done a crunch in his life. Yeah, right, yeah, throw away. And those off the bottom of his ribs. Gross. I can think about what a skeleton looks like. You're killing me. <laughs> I wish but I Connie looked as good. doesn't care, and Connie's going to kiss him right now. Okay, come on, come right, on. Get kiss ready. Come on. Kiss already. All right, the flies are down your face. Now, kiss. in Australia, this guy was very famous. Okay, this guy was name is... Uh, his name is Nick Needles, and it's N-I-Q-U-E. So it's like Nicky Needles or something. Ooh. He was in The Boy Who Had Everything, Kimono, Shout, The Story of Johnny O'Keefe. We wouldn't know this stuff. But she would. So she was kissing a famous person. If she will do the interview with me, one of the things I'm going to ask her was, how exciting was it to kiss Nicky Needles? Come on now. Come on. Bear all. Bear all. Oh, look at that. The picture, the ghosts in the picture. Yeah. That's why I was saying, like, this is a pretty good film. Like, they really tried hard, and I don't know. It's, it, it isn't pretty, but we're watching a VH copy, VHS copy. I'm sure it looks gorgeous, this sunset. 
Probably. And, yeah. And all the outback desert sure. scenes, you know. The blooming onions. <laughs> yeah. That's where the blooming onions are grown. They, they aborigines chop them and make machetes and harvest the blooming onions. Look how that, I don't know if that's honest. Look how low that, that moon cannot be that big. No, I'm sure they got the right angle, and I'm sure the original shot had it not cropped either. Now, she is not wearing a top, but we really don't get to see anything. We certainly don't see Areola. But I had my fingers crossed. And the thing is, every time I watch this film, I cried really hard. But no, no, she's <laughs> not topless. Whoa! See? Oh, see? Yeah, yeah she threw that in there. Perfect. You, you tried really hard. It's 100% covered, and she did it in a flash. Perfect. So your problem with this guy is that he's too easy on your eyes. He's too easy on your eyes. I don't really have – okay, did you almost see it? Oh, her elbow right. caught it, and then the blanket cut it. I really don't have a problem with him. I was just trying to make you laugh. No, now, no, you did. You did. He pulls out the – you know, he's going to say, like, what's this story? <laughs> He killed his son. And she's oh, like, my God. What and she's like, killer. don't bring it up to him. You know, he's very sensitive. But the very next scene we see, he's going to bring it up to him. You just had sex. Hey, <laughs> is it true your roommate killed his baby? What a buzzkill. See, he hurt his hand from the accident. Oh, it was recent. Well, he was, you know, he was helping him fix the... Yeah, and, right. Oh, his hand. That's right. The other hand. I liked it. He goes, can you fix the engine? And he, and Mike was like, sure. Like, he just happens to know how to fix an engine. Everyone, everyone from then would. Yeah, right. He goes, well, I you know, didn't know you were a cop. In Road Warrior, they all had to learn how to uh, build engines. Yes, they did. Yeah. Or take prisoner people who did know how. I'm sorry, I meant Mad Max 2. Did I say Road Warrior? I meant to say uh, Mad it's, um, Thunderdome. That's Mad Max 3. Oh, oh, oh. You see, in Europe, the Road Warrior was a sequel to a very popular film that wasn't, was a more of a cult film in the United States. Uh-huh. Should I so, see it? It's called The Road Warrior. You, you've already seen it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. They I've seen it all the, the Road Mad Warrior. Max film, so I guess I did. You saw the last one, right? From with Formosa. I don't know. It had a uh, blood bags. Oh, yeah, with um. She, uh, yeah, her. Charlize Theron. Uh -huh. Yeah, it was terrible. Terrible. Awful. You don't think it was the best movie of 2010s? I don't know. I don't All think right. it was a good movie. Interesting. And I don't believe her as that tough character. And 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 and. and, and. Uh, is he okay, looking for well, a diner? Here's our professor, and he's going to lie that he's looking for meteorites. Okay, oh, no. Why don't you listen this time? Their interaction's a little funny, especially when he shows him. Not a, that's not dust. There's no incidences here. This 
this is okay funny. It reminds me of uh, that Mick Jagger movie we watched where he goes into the Brazilian store to tell him that. Mick Jagger. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Julio Iglesias? He's like, no, Mick Jagger. Oh, Julio Iglesias. Turn it up, turn it up. It's a louse? So he's like, finds out that he's got the story wrong about dust. But he made posters and all that shit. Yeah, and he, you know, he thought dust was the louses. He finds out like dust is particulate matter, pet dander, human flakes of skin. It is microscopic, but it's not. Oh no, alas, poor skull, right? Uh, Oric. Oh, he's up. Alas, poor Oric. Oric. Uric. Uric. I knew him. I oh, clearly I knew, I knew him. Horatio. Him I knew him. How can you tell it's Horatio? From his skull tattoo, it's still on there. His head tattoo. Face so tattoo. he mentioned Joe Bogart, the, the drifter guy, you know, the skull collector guy. It was like, oh, and he came down. And then Joe Bogart. And so Mike, that's who gave him the letter, Joe Bogart. goes, what did you say, Joe? I can't believe we're a half hour into this film and you haven't done a Bogart joke. Okay, this Joe Bogart character doesn't really speak. He uses, like, old movie phrases. Really? I think we should turn the sound up for this entire scene. Okay. Now, I told you this film was good, and this is one of the reasons. This is one of the scenes. Blink, blink, blink. So he speaks in movie phrases. Now, you see how he's connected to the ship? Yeah. Nice sound effect to it. Now, keep this sound up because you didn't hear it before because you wandered off. He's going to say the movie phrase. It really is extremely popular in, in uh, Australia. I don't like myself. I think he's proud to marks right now. So can I tell you how 80s this movie is with the sense of irony about the previous generation and, yeah. you know, it's pop culture influence and then he regurgitates it and that's ironic? Yeah. and we're, It's always like 20 years prior or 30 years prior. And yeah. Previous. Before. But it's also like at the 80s, people were looking at a lot of stuff from the 50s and, you know, the movies from the 40s yes, and stuff. Yeah. And putting it in a new context. Oh, Carl, oh, I should plug well, look, something from the, the yeah. story about how the power capsule fell off. And he wants Mike to go get it, essentially. Jesus, does, can Mike just surf? Must he fix everybody's shit? 
well, he's got a letter that was 20, 25 years ago telling him to come here today. Now, oh, to help out. We're, yeah, we're going to learn now about time travel. And I want you to not turn the sound off when we. Okay. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it now? I got it. And then I can take a pee break, right? No, Mike. Okay, now. Now, he says he's from a constellation. Okay, look at the time. Okay. Crash. He's killing himself. This is crazy. Now, it's even worse. Check this out. <laughs> now, look, he's got a little time thing, which is a shaker for a bar. Uh huh. And he turns it back a minute. We'll still have Paris. Everything is fine. It's a minute earlier. 10.25. A minute before everything went bad. My favorite judge back in one piece. Your hands. Curiously on off. Curious. Okay. 10.26 again. I just craziness. No. Can't you tell that I'm joking? No. You understand what happened before? No. They went back in time. This is pretty cool. Okay, so now he's going to tell him what he wants him to do. Now, does that make sense? This is in the future. I'm trying to process it. Oh, okay. You can turn the sound off now. So now he, he's going to get his first lead on this meteorite, which is really an alien ship. That guy over there goes, it fell from the sky. This is a little funny because he's insulting them right to their face for being like hayseeds and primitive. You know, he's from the coast. He's flying like right. Sydney or Melbourne. Now, the woman sitting there is going to get mad at him and punch him in the face. This happens, so it's like a New Jersey bar. I guess, yes. So they're going like, you like science? You should see J.L. Weston. He tracks the weather, he does. Now, there he hears, it fell from the sky. Oh, perfect. What that a coincidence. Out cold. Out cold. Is he drinking a beer now? Yeah, Budweiser. Okay, so Mike's on four drinks. Oh, okay, okay. You're doing the beer count. So, okay, Connie's not the one to count. Mike is would be okay. There's less beer than you think, but maybe I'm, I didn't pay attention. Well, I mean, they had a beer when they got to the house. They had a beer over dinner. 
they had another spear. Now mm -hmm. he's having a Budweiser here. So that's four. So now it's essentially, I got to get my ship mobile again, but I can't do it until I get my whammy jammy thing. So I want you to go out there and get my whammy jammy thing. I like this diner. There's like seats for two and that's it. <laughs> so he says that the last time he was here, he was, he helped them in Los Alamos with the atom bomb, the Manhattan Project. Oh yeah, I'm missing all his... Uh banter and then later cheryl will say i saw him in los alamos at joe bogart's diner or bar maybe it's bar i guess they're in a bar not a diner uh yeah that could be a grill a bar and grill yeah you never see a grill alone there's always a bar and a grill right i guess a restaurant is a grill joe's grill joe's grill and bar. Joe would be like, no, it shows bar and grill. So now he just gave him a note. It's a little map that it's drawn where the power thing is. But it's in the handwriting, although we don't know it yet, of Ryder. Oh, really? Yeah, and now he's telling him, look out for J.L. Weston. He might try to kill you, kid. Just like he tried to kill Ryder or something like that. But he's warning him against J.L. Weston. He'll try to kill you. This is crazy. Maybe I should listen. I want to be alone. Yeah. He's great walking around that room with the wire attached to him. The camera yeah, got it all. His name is Joe Bogart in this film, and in real life, he's Max Gillis. Now, again, he's got he's on all these kind of credits, but we wouldn't appreciate them. Yeah. Blue Healers in 94, Dick Down Under in 75, Stork in 71. He's a founding member of the 1970s experimental theater company, the Australian Performing Group. Now, if you and I grew up in Australia, we'd go, whoa, blimey. Yeah, <laughs> Crikey. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would drop my blooming onion. It's yeah, that guy from the experimental theater. Wise guy to Joey. Oh, look. There it is. Here. King of Gears. Yeah, that's King of the Gears. power thing. Oh, here comes a nondescript beer truck. Well, this is our scientist guy. He All has right. brought with him a sort of little lab in the back. Now he's like, he knows that there was a meteorite land or you know an alien or whatever so he's talking to himself like you know like screw you professor something i'm not crazy you know and talking about his um what do you think about that technique of opening up a package of donuts while driving <laughs> with one <laughs> hand or did he use two i didn't pay attention he used his teeth to rip the plastic off and then he then he squished the donut out of the hole so now he confronts J.L. Weston, and it is some pretty funny dialogue. He lets it out by mistake that it's not a meteorite, it's a UFO. And so Weston is like trying to, he's got the same dreams of glory this guy has. He'll get a Nobel Prize if he discovers aliens. I do like the fact that this film is, doesn't really have a central character, that we are kind of switching around. Because usually a film like this would just be a focus on Yeah. 
Anything scientific happens around here, I know about it. Best Wesson. Wait, his name is J.L. Weston. Are you thinking of the Best Western Hotel? Sure. Great hotel. Best bed bugs in the industry. Now, what he's doing now is he's prattling on about the ozone layer. He's obviously a stupid person who doesn't understand, right? right. So the professor's playing along. He's going, yeah, we can help each other. I, they're clearly attacking the ozone layer. We could, we could stop that together. Now, turn it up because he goes the UF up. He got caught. UFOs. J.L. Weston is stupid and not stupid at the same time. Carl, his, his office is in his barn. Yes. So this is the first person that he respects, you know, he, he knows he's a cop. He's asked him for help of, to trace a label, et cetera. Now we're going to find out essentially that it was purchased. The poison was purchased by J.L. Weston. Well, why is Western poisoning the other farms? I don't know, Mike. I don't know. I never caught it. I, just, I saw it three times. You, I never, I don't know. Regarding the lamb poisoning, you would know. So let's go ask you. <laughs> okay, right? listen, you, you have to you go ahead. It's a good time because not much is going to happen for, you know, don't be gone forever, but not much is going to happen. I have more respect to the audience than just to get up and pee. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Thank you. So I'll keep talking to you. I don't know. What can I tell you about this film? I, just, I think I covered the filming locations, uh, but I'll just be specific. Broken Hill, New South Wales. Uh, three weeks around Broken Hill they filmed. Uh, in Melbourne, they were at MFP Studios, which was Melbourne Film Studios. It was uh, owned by Valhalla, which makes sense. They're also in Silverton, and I mentioned this small village is featured in Mad Max. that interesting i'm not sure so now weston is saying yeah i bought that poison but it was stolen from my uh barn and i can take you to the people who stole it the film was released at the valhalla in melbourne and at the brighton bay on 9th of september 1988 Turned up later in Sydney with the season at the Valhalla from December 24th to the 3rd of February, 89, opening the 13th of January at Walker's Cinema in North Sydney. That's it. That was its little tour, okay? And it went away. They couldn't sell it to the United States. There was some European territories. Let's see. Italy and Germany showed an interest to the U. Okay, so I'm not sure if it actually played there. They showed an interest. So 
This was their fourth and final film that they made together as director and producer for Valhalla. It just fell apart. This film sunk them. And it's not clear why. They spent a lot of money on it. Okay, so now Mike is showing up with Ryder's map looking for the Budweiser thing, the power to the ship. But it won't be there. So Mike is now going from Ryder's map to where the power thing is. But the it's King not there. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, he puts two and to get two together and he knows that Cheryl has it. Now, like I said, I saw this third three other times. I I don't know how he knows it. But Cheryl, the past lives woman, has it. Look how pretty. Right. Gorgeous. Picture perfect. I need to put a image over it. I need to write some text over it and send it as an image. Yeah, I right. I do is inspirational uh, JPEGs. I take pictures of Australian outback sunsets and then I write a, a, a gaudy quote over it. In gaudy <laughs> fun. Hang Be, in there. Hang in there. It's God. almost Friday. <laughs> if it doesn't defeat you, it makes you. Teamwork makes the dream works makes the teamwork. No, teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> What's gonna work? Teamwork. <laughs> Carl, there's no work in I. <laughs> yeah, there's no work in I. That's good. All right, so they are uh, just negotiating, even though Cheryl. Good. I'm glad okay. Cheryl's involved. Yeah, but it's unex it's not explained why she is involved. Now we will see her go get it and find it and take it. But how in the world could Mike have known that? Did we see, did we as the audience see that scene? I don't think we see it yet. We will see it. This is a time travel movie. Gotcha. So yeah. right now Weston has some sort of lead on the aliens, and he goes, you wait here. And I don't really get it. They're both going after. Carl, I'd like to tell you a time travel knock-knock joke, if I may. Okay. Knock-knock. Who's there? Dwayne the bathtub. I'm drowning. Did you say Dwayne who? Dwayne who? Dwayne. Sorry, I went back in time. I screwed up the entire joke. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay, now look, her foot is in the fire. And he's That's like, what they do. Your, your foot is burning. And she goes, which one? Oh, yeah, your foot's on fire. Oh, you have captions? I do have captions. And they're actually being coherent. They're very close. Closed captions. Okay, now all we're going to see is this, this long segment here, and all we're going to see is that the Budweiser power thing is starting to charge up. And that's in their van? Is that what we're seeing? Yes, it's Cheryl found it. She would wear it around as a hat, or maybe that's to come. It's in the van, that's right. Sure. Now, there are taglines that kind of don't make sense. <clears throat> 
One of the taglines is, well, actually, there's only two taglines, and one doesn't make sense. He goes, we're not just talking aliens, we're talking Australian. Okay, that rhymes, Australian alien. Right, but the thing is, only Joe Bogart's an alien, so it doesn't make sense. But as an American who's going to either pick this or, I don't know, Cliffhanger. Oh, it's the no, right book for the poster, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the tagline is, the fundamental things don't necessarily apply. I don't. <laughs> okay, so they're biting As off the song. As goes by. Yeah. The fundamental things apply. Okay, so they went and titled their film after that famous song, and they found out that, okay, so he's got a lead. He thinks that Mike is an alien, or Mike knows about the aliens. So he just bonked Mike over the head and abducted him and put him into... Western narrator. Right. Um, right. The on. science. No, the science. Writers are friends. The scientist guy named James McCauley. Okay, McCauley. Bowtie guy. Bowtie guy. Let's call him that. Now, here's J.L. Weston also after Mike because he knows he had contact with the aliens, they think. So he's asking Connie, where is he? Tell him to call me. Weston's more direct. He doesn't bonk people on the head. <laughs> That's right. Uh -oh. Now, okay, as time goes by, 1931, Herman Humpfeld's song, made famous after its appearance in Casablanca, originally quoted at 5,000 for use in Australia, but then it was discovered that for world rights, it would be $100,000. This might explain why they did not distribute this film. That's a really good point, because we should mention that the As Time Goes By theme has been co-opted by... Warner Brothers Communications, Time Warner Discovery. Yeah, yeah for the logo. Yeah, for the logo at the beginning of the movies when they show the, the their studio in Burbank or what have you. And then they yeah. have, uh, like, every TV show that's produced by Warner Brothers uses that at the end. So if you're watching a show, right, doesn't it, like, the credits roll and they go, buh, 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 at the buh, beginning. Buh. At yeah, the at beginning. the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a definitely, it's like saying uh, <clears throat> Windows startup music, the movie. You know, like everyone knows yeah. it. Yeah. Now we will hear it at the end of this film. Uh, we know that we're watching the Australian version of the film. The song is heard in the Australian version of the film, but even then only for one verse as it quickly gives way to music by the other composers because the rights were priced on the basis of each 30 seconds minutes of usage. That is and crazy. then the music disappeared in the overseas prints, which was Italy and Germany. So that means that they didn't have the rights to do it, so they did it for 30 less than. It's it, You'll hear it at the end. Okay. We're not playing it. I can't afford that money. Understood. $5,000 for 30 seconds? Fuck that. Australian dollars? The hell, from 1988? The hell with that. <laughs> so he's got Mike prisoner now. and Okay. These two are like J.L. Weston's thugs. And we saw them at the beginning when Ryder was shooting at them. Not shooting at them. He was only shooting at the poison. Um, so now they're excited about the ozone layer, and they want the presentation, even though they've seen it 15 times. So let's turn up the sound. Sure. And let's give a good lesson. Listen to the lesson. Right. Uh-huh. 
Nina. Yes. He's like, can we see the presentation? This is how you know Weston is dummy and not a dummy. They look at the sheep, it's part of the presentation. They love it, they love it. That's part of the presentation, you flick the sheep. He goes, they're not natural animals. Cows will come. He doesn't love him, but you loves him. Yeah, I get it. Now look, he's gonna swipe a cow. Sold. Okay. So now, repent. Mike has gotten some sort of truth serum bullshit, and uh, he's gonna find out that Cheryl's got the power supply to the spaceship. So our, you know, bow tie guy is getting close. Look at his bald spot, man. Yeah, not so bad. I don't know why he tied Mike has to keep tying Mike up. Who are you working for? He goes, I'm on the dole. Yeah, right. I came to find me father. So he's frustrated, but eventually he is going to learn. Is it? Oh, so Mike's got the letter and he's going on walkabout because he wants to find his father? Right. He got a letter from Joe Bogart said like something like, if you want to meet your dad, meet me at this bar in, you know, this in the city of Dingo, whatever it was. So that's what brought him here. Gotcha. Now, he says he's from the Sirius constellation, and that upsets me because a constellation is a group of stars. It doesn't make sense. Nobody's from a constellation. When you look at a constellation in the sky, right. it appears two-dimensional, but that's just your perception. The truth is one is 25 million light years further away, and another is 8 million light years closer. You know, there's no such – you can't live in a constellation. It, Right, so you can't, it's not like there's much serious you live in there. I mean, why so serious? Right, why so, I mean, it's Australian, so it might have been Yahoo, <laughs> but why so serious? Oh, yeah, big shout out to Yahoo Serious. Now, look, Cheryl's wearing it. Now, the Yahoo Serious movies were good, right? Yes, I'm not saying right. this is bad. Actually, yeah, let me take that back. This film's okay. It's not high budget, but. It's it shot in good. 16 millimeter and they blew it up to 35. That's why it looks a little. That's pretty cool. That explains mm -hmm. why there's somebody sitting in the van right now shooting the movie. <laughs> 16 millimeter camera. I'm in the passenger seat. Let's go. So 
they sent he sent his thugs off to find where a uh, bowtie guy is because he knows he ran off and captured an alien. He just knows it, you know. And so they figured out the only thing that drove by is, must be him. Right. Now, you see how the horse has his head in there because he was embarrassed. He didn't – he had a speaking role. He had a speaking role. Yeah, but he couldn't do it the day they actually shot. Why not? He was horse that day. So there's Ryder. He notices the girls coming. But he doesn't know they're the ones that dump Mike off. That's right. He doesn't know. But he takes note of it. Look, she wears the hat, like a hat. And she's tank. being all hippy-dippy right now. Oh, Tank Girl. Do you, you ever see the movie Tank Girl? Or read the comic strip uh, Tank Girl? No, I know exactly what you're talking about. No, I never did. Either the movie's movie. not as good. The, the comic strip's a trip. It was it was started in the nineties and it's basically the guy who did Gorillas, the the pops the pop band. Okay. I don't know but, that either. Okay. I'm old. Yeah. Well it's nineties. Young and hip. Yeah, okay, it's in the nineties. Okay. I missed it. The future is going strong. Hey lady. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> uh, you got a thing. That's though I know that song, Clint yeah. Eastwood song. That it was a cartoon video in there. Oh, I never saw the video. I just heard it on Pandora. Ah. Uh. Okay. Now, we're about to discover that hey, Mike is missing. Here's the Convi, Convi, whatever they call it, that he was driving around. The key is still in it, and then Ryder's gonna find a note, and it's clearly it's a map in his own handwriting, and it's not gonna make sense. The writer got a Hummer that was uh, off the side of the road. It's not a Hummer. <laughs> he now pulled look. over and got a Hummer. I got you. <laughs> uh, Cheryl was in uh, – her name's Deborah Force, and she was in this film. She was in Future Schlock, which was also done by these guys. And she was in Salt, Saliva, Sperm, and Sweat in 1988. So I immediately looked that up, uh -huh. and it's like – some short film. It's an experimental film. Well, yeah. Future Shock was this pop culture book about like, I don't know, Future and the Shock. And it, it, it became like a little cultural phenomenon. So that I actually looked up Future Schlock because uh -huh. I, I love the, the the pun. I've seen it for years. And I said, oh, there's a movie called Future Schlock. But I don't know why I passed on it. I thought this looked more interesting. Well, yeah, these guys did that film. And also... <laughs> Uh, Deborah, you know, Cheryl was in it, and it's not in front of me right now, but there was another one of these actors who was in it. So they were all clicky. Clicky together. Okay, so now J.L. Weston is like, hey, fuck you, man. I know you got some alien. You, you Look, you know, we have a contract, okay? You and me are partners here. It's going to be our Nobel Prize for Mike. Oh. Got, he had to fall over. Yeah, I hate that. Like when you're in an ambulance and they stop short. I do. Yeah, right. It happens to me all the time <laughs> in the ambulance. Um, they, they, You ever have a dream and you're falling and that makes you wake up? Mike just did. <laughs> it's just about to kiss her, too, in his dream. 
So we know he's going to open up the door and find Mike. But guess what? He doesn't. Mike has escaped. How did he escape? Well, when he fell over, he kind of got knocked over. Right, and, but did, we didn't and, see him open uh, up. When he fell over, it I don't know, it jostled his straps. He was able to... Now, remember the... He doesn't know J.L. Weston's name. He's not here from here, right? right? But he sort of knows the name of the brothers or whatever. So when he got that caution from Joe Bogart, like he's going to be watching... Later, later he'll put two and two together. You see, he really snuck out of the van and he's hiding in the brush. He goes, this bloke's found something. He knows about the aliens. You follow him back to town. Oh, cool. I never realized you could get like a motorcycle and then like the, the sidecar and then the guy uh -huh. in the sidecar could have a rifle. Yeah, that's riding shotgun. Which is actually from a stagecoach, right? It's not from a... Yeah, no, it's not from those little motorcycle things. I thought it would be better to say, like, catching fly spot. And they're like, no, you're holding the shotgun. I know there's flies that hit you from the carriage ride, but, you know, that's a given. <laughs> the only phone, right, in the Outback? Oh, no, no, yeah. they're in a more... No, you're probably right. It's probably maybe it's not the only phone, but if you want a public phone, that's where yeah. you're going. Okay, so because of Mike, he knows about the power source from the ship, and he knows that Cheryl has it. And there they are. Well, this is that lady in the bar who punched. Oh uh, wow. He's trying to help them fix their car or something. But Science Guy is picking up all sorts of radioactivity. He's looking for the power supply. Boo! Now, this is a woman who punched him. Right. But he doesn't seem to mind. He doesn't act like she's going to do it again. Where are the ladies who own this van? Well, the past life, uh, she was in the queen of the nile right you're right about that she's saying stuff like that yeah take that moneymaker well mike was abducted and now he gets away now he's going on a runabout he's on a not a walkabout he's on a runabout a jogabout nice, he's heading towards the ladies the ladies no, he's not. They're they're in the town, far away. Um, she's picking up the com V, right? Whatever. She's playing through, playing through. <laughs> the cricketia. Okay, there's our glitches from the video. Did cool. you see it? Yeah. Yeah. She's really concerned that Mike is missing. Now, you're right. It's science guy. He knows that the uh, um, crown is nearby, the power supply. He starts to drive, and then he catches the girls, and he goes, whoa, and turns around. <laughs> it's only like seven people in this area. Yeah, it's real Wild West in a way without the killing. Right. 
Yeah, there hasn't been much killing in this movie, other than the knife play. Yeah, and he didn't die. No. Cracker, 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 cracker. That that's it. The helmet. Cracker, ding, cracker, ding, ding, cracker. Ding. So they found him, and now it's trying to, uh, you know, like he found the blokes who are poisoning the sheep, and the guy was wearing spurs, and uh, I gotta find Cheryl before the bowtie guy does. She's like, he's like pouring out the plot, you know, the next steps for act three uh, to those two. Now watch, he finds the crown and bonk! The he hits her with what? The the Richter beeper? Oh, wow, he really knocked yeah, her I just always thought of it as some blunt object. Yeah, like his spare billy club? Like you yeah, have your, right, your, right, your right. blackjack? Yeah, your blackjack, right, exactly. Yeah. Good for bonking guys on the head. Okay, so this thing is in his place, so the machines are freaking out because it has whammy Rich radioactive. Yeah, whammy jammy, detecting high levels of whammy jammy. <laughs> exactly, because, like, radiation, if that's what they're saying. Okay, so look, claymation, wow. stop motion. Yeah. This is where their budget went. They yeah. went to they went to Pukasar, uh Yeah, the guys who did this um, guy special effects. It's Peter Stubbs and Peter Armstrong, two Peters, and also a guy named Jeff Little and Brian Pierce. They're credited with the space special effects, time travel zaps, the crash landing of the alien bar. It was Pukas Arts and Magic did all the special effects. Bucus. He goes, that's J.L. Weston. Nobody pushes J.L. Weston around. But our bow tie guy did because he now has the everything. Yep. And he's now giving his like Nobel Prize thank you speech. And he goes, I want to thank my mother. He goes, no, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, yeah. Oh, he's funny. He's much better than Morbi- Morbius, because Morbius declined his Nobel Peace Prize. Is Morbius from the Marvel thing? Yeah. It's yeah, the worst okay. movie of last year, Carl. Did he decline it? Okay, now, <laughs> they are going to stop. We got to do our Razzies episode. They yep. are going to stop him, but whoa, but Bowtie Guy's not going to be stopped. This is crazy. They're driving wildly in the Australian Outback, and they're making a movie out of it. I never – who Mike, knew? That was pretty badass. He went over a trench. He did? Well, you know, the the roads here have trenches so that the rain, you know, doesn't stay on the road. But the thing is, what rain? What rain? That's what oh, kills dude. me. Yeah, but once the rain hits, you'll be lucky, happy they were there. The rain will last a half day. Bang, pow, pull over, bloke. Pull over, mate. <laughs> Dude, this should be in the, the movie poster. Now, this is the second time someone easily stopped him by just getting in front of him. Where's he going? Getting his Thor hat? Was this the plot of Thor, right? What they they find the hammer. Is... What? The plot of wasn't the original Marvel comic like a guy found Thor's hammer and he turns into Thor? 
He wasn't from Odin and all that stuff. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. He was like pipe smoking, hat wearing, fedora wearing. Right. Yeah. He was Walt something. I, th- I think they, they figured out a way to kind of get rid of him. The, get rid of him, yeah. That, that origin story. That character exists.